Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. You know, one of the nice things about having a radio show, talk show, is that we have to worry about having something to talk about, something important, something that is in, um, requires our attention. Uh, but sometimes when we have leadership that we believe should have some type of intellect, we wonder about why they don't see the issues the same way we do. And I recognize that there are a lot of things that people see differently because they have different experiences. Experiences, But I'm one of those people, once I realize or recognize that the majority is thinking differently than me, I have to recognize that I'm likely not to win that battle. And there's a lot of battles that I have lost and that I have had to come into a different understanding about, even though I feel strongly about my position. 
But it seems like the federal government is ready uh, and prepared to get in a, into a fight that it's going to lose in all 50 states. Because if you, if you at this point don't realize that the majority of the people in our country have changed their position related to certain things, and that at, on the federal level, you're going to have to change your position because the majority of people are not going to be with you. And so there's some things, like you all have told me before, that we we might as well not fight those battles because we see the direction in terms of the people in general. Now, I have to tell you, I battled with myself a long time when I felt as though marriage was between a man and a woman. And I believe marriage still is between a man and a woman. But obviously, the people who feel that I way, I feel, is in the minority, and that that's a battle. I thought the battle could have just been solved by saying, give them legal, some kind of legal connection that was not called marriage. Uh, but, of course, that was not enough. And so that battle was lost. And now I see the federal government waging war related to marijuana. And I don't know why they don't see the writing on the wall that there's a couple of things that are going to make all 50 states agree to having recreational marijuana. One is that the amount of money that they're going to be able to earn by taxing marijuana is going to make them want to have it as a part of their budget. And the other part is because of the swing of of Americans in that direction who are willing to accept the problems that go along with recreational marijuana, the number of people willing to do that has changed. Now, I'm not willing or wanting to see uh, marijuana be the kind of drug that is used by people just like alcohol is. I don't want to see that, but obviously we're going in that direction and there's little or nothing that we can do in it. When you have states like Colorado who are making millions of dollars taxing marijuana and they're able to do all kinds of new things and start all the kind of new programs, you just had California do the same thing, I just don't see how in the world, Reverend Smith, that we're going to to avoid all 50 states at, one, at some point deciding that rec- recreational marijuana is okay. Are you there, Reverend Smith? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I always have my um, phone on mute until I call them, but I forgot to put it off. Anyway, good afternoon to each and every one of you that are on the line tonight. Uh, just a wonderful thing to be here again. Uh, when you're talking about 
there are now 38 states, 38 states that have uh, brought into law some kind of medical marijuana or marijuana, period, uh, laws. And so it's going to be hard to stop these uh, states. The federal government, that's Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions was doing this even before when he was up in Alabama. And, all, you know, because that's supposed to be the um, um, uh, angelical headquarters per se up in that area. Uh, and they believe that this is going to uh, hurt the United States. I don't like it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you one minute that I'm lacking. As an undercover cop, as an undercover cop for all the years that I was out there, I saw people can say what they want to, but marijuana is a dangerous uh, when it's taken in in with others types of alcohol and marijuana on top of one another. You're going to get a heck of a reaction from that person that's driving a vehicle or doing it. If you're just smoking marijuana, I don't know what the effects are because I've never smoked it myself. But I don't, I don't like the idea of anything that's going to impair another person from doing the right thing. Um, so I guess if, if you got a gun and you're not, if you got good sense with a gun, you're not going to kill somebody just because you got a gun. So if you're smoking marijuana, I guess if you got good judgment or whatever, you know when what your limit is and you know when to stop. But it's just like alcohol, the prohibition days of alcohol. Uh, it was they chased people all up and down the highways and through the back swamps and everything else. Then it, all of a sudden, it's legalized, and now. There's over 58,000 people being killed plus or minus a year from uh, DUIs. So where does it all end at? Do we legalize everything because we don't see that it hurt us? Uh, do we legalize it because it's, it's not bothering us? We, we got to stop worrying about just and worry about the whole United States in its totality, and, and matter of fact, the whole world, really. We, when, when something don't hit us in our back door or hit us at home, then we don't think about it. Drugs, I don't like, period. I never will, never have. And the one major reason that I hate drugs is because drug dealers killed my first wife. Because I was working on the cover. They killed my drug dealers, killed her. Drug in a hotel in Odeter with strychnine and heroin. And, and so when you ask me about marijuana, yes, it does lead to, to a simple-minded person. It will lead to a point in time where that's not high enough, but a lot of people have been smoking marijuana for years, and it never led to anything else but smoking marijuana. So who knows what the outcome is going to be? I was very disappointed um, in them legalizing it, but I see, I do see the benefits in medical marijuana. 
I've seen the benefits, and I still see the benefits of giving a child, uh, a grown-up, medical marijuana. There are some good, good things that it's doing. But just to totally legalize it where you can grow you a couple of plants in the backyard, I'm not for that because, you know, those plants grow mighty big, mighty large. And somebody come over and say, well, it's no sense in me um, going downtown to buy it. Why don't you sell me a little bit of yours? They're going to sell that some of that stuff also and because the stores are not going to be able to be as cheap as it is on the street because they had overhead. On the streets, you don't have no overhead. I don't know, James. That's I'm not going to. I'm I'm torn between this. I didn't like it when Obama was talking about it. Uh, I did, don't like it now, but I don't like, I really don't like just session and forty five talking about it. Period. So well, you know that makes my understanding. I, I truly understand what you're saying, and I similarly believe like you. I'm not a proponent of legalizing marijuana direction that our country is going in and it seems like nothing that I can do or my thoughts or my vote is going to be enough uh, to stop the momentum but what is odd to me is Jeff Sessions and the um, Trump administration foolishly trying to imply that they're going to continue uh, to make it criminalized and there's a lot of questions we need to ask ourselves as states uh, start to legalize uh, marijuana and legalize the the use of it uh, recreationally. What about the people who are in jail for doing the same thing? What do we do about Amen. these people legally around the country? Uh, do we rescind right. uh, their uh, their their records or rescind their punishment? Or what is it going to happen? So it, to me, I just think that we need to talk about the fact that we need to get our heads ready uh, because it looks like we we got to know that governments want money. And when people are taking away their ability to have money, they're going to, have, they're going to seek replacement for those tax dollars that they're losing. And as far as most of these, uh, legislatures are concerned marijuana legalizing marijuana is a win-win for them uh, so Cheryl what, what are your thoughts about recognizing the momentum and the change of people's thought process related to marijuana good evening everyone and how's everyone doing um, I'm not really sure what it does for a person medically um, because I've never been around a person and I really haven't had any personal feedback. Now, recreational marijuana, I have been around people that's done it. And it really has impaired their um, quickness, um, their mobile skills, um, you know, I've 
see it personally. So I'm only talking from personal experience. And this is a person who just uses it um, as recreational. Um, Now, I can't tell you myself what it does because I've never even tried it before. So I wouldn't know, you know, what it was, the difference in me. But I can only say what I've seen in others, you know, because they do go from one personality to another, you know. And I've noticed that in some it may not be as much, but in others it is. And if that is impaired, you know, that means I don't feel safe with somebody um, using marijuana and getting behind the wheel of a vehicle or Mm -hmm. any type of machinery. And that includes going to work, you know. um, So I think that, you know, we, we are getting, we're accepting too much for the dollar, meaning because of what it's going to provide as far as being taxed, you know, just like you said, let's do it. But I'm not for it at all. I mean, I, what I've witnessed through recreational is not mm-hmm. something that I would want, you know, um, out here. Because like I said, you know, just like alcohol, I've seen people impaired to the point where, they can't make no quick decision, you know. Um, now, this is all that I've just witnessed. I can't say personally because, like I said, I've never even tried it to a point to say what it would do to me personally. Um, I have not um, been told by anybody personally what it does for them medically-wise. And if it does any good, for somebody medically wise, I think that it should also have its warning as well as medication should not be used with uh, machinery behind the wheel of a vehicle, you know, those different types of things. But I do think that today, you know, so many things are going, we are so lax with everything. And you brought up a good point, James. What about all the people that's in jail right now? Because of um, marijuana, what do you do mm-hmm. about that? You know, do you let them go? So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of questions. Um, and as far as, you know, am I for it? No, I'm not for it. You know, I'm just because of what I've witnessed personally and seen a person personality totally change. Whether they, you know, and I mean, I know that we've seen in movies, but I've seen it personally where, you know, you've seen people all of a sudden, they just start laughing, uncontrollably laughing. You know, they start eating a whole lot when they finish Mm -hmm. whatever. So just these little things, that means it's altering their behavior to some degree. And no, I wouldn't want to be, um, I wouldn't want to be on a plane. I wouldn't want to be on the train. And I wouldn't want to um, be on a highway with someone who has been um, using marijuana. And I find it real crazy. You know, one of the things that uh, I have experienced is, of course, is that I played college football. 
uh, spent 10 years working in the jail with inmates, and all everybody who swears by marijuana swears that they do better. Everything they do everything better uh, smoking than they do normal. And I'm sitting there saying, how can something that's supposed to help you be delusional keep you sane or able to do something better high than not high? That doesn't even make any sense. And the other thing is, how functional can you be? Now, I've seen some football players who smoke marijuana who were great football players, but that's not the CEO of a company. So how functional can you be every day making decisions if you're going home every night and hitting a blunt? I just don't know if we want to reduce our capabilities of not knowing the answers to those questions. Uh, Nate, what what are your thoughts in regards to the fact we seem like we're going in that direction where we're going to make this legal, and then we have an administration on a federal level who is talking about keeping it uh, criminalized, uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to be able to stop the momentum that is taking place right now because these states, every all of these states, just like when they were talking about uh, – Gambling, you know, selling lottery tickets. I was gambling. Every state is going to want those tax dollars that they get as as making it legal. You know, the funny thing is about uh, uh, I was sitting there listening. We were talking about what we're going to do about everybody that's in jail for marijuana. You know, that's that's going to be one of the main things they have to decide what they're going to do because how can you legalize something and still keep it criminalized at the same time? That makes that makes no sense. Now, as for me personally, I'm against it because being impaired is being impaired regardless what the situation is. Because if I'm not mistaken, did not Tiger Woods get arrested for being impaired? And then say he was drinking, just say he was impaired um, due to drugs. So my thing is, I prefer them not to do it, and I, I'm not I'm not accepting it. But at the same time, it's like regardless whether they legalize it or not, we still have an epidemic here of people just smoking it whenever. Everybody who's smoking this weed ain't doing it for med- uh, medical reasons. So my, my whole key thing is that it, we'll find a way to justify something to get it done. The only reason the government is doing this is for the tax dollars. They're not interested in the um, medical aspect of it because that's been the case since we've been legalized. You know, they've been just trying to find a way to try to justify it throughout throughout the years. But at the same time, you know, I've been in the military for for, for twenty three years, and I've seen soldiers out there going on missions, uh, uh, that don't smoke weed and everything, and it did affect their judgment. I have, I, I I have got drunk on one or two occasions, and it affected my judgment. It had me thinking that I was invincible. It had me thinking that. I can come up with any kind of plan and come up with a great solution to it. If it's something that's going to impair you, then I'm against it. And just like the young lady had said before, they have to come with some kind of warning. You know, if they do legalize it, um, what are the side effects? What is what it's going to do? And find a way to educate people on it. Because as a person, 
They're just smoking weed just to be smoking weed because all they're trying to get is that next high. There's nobody educated on it. So my, my, my key thing is let's get back to the basis. Let's, let's look at the pros and cons to this thing and figure out what we're going to do about the people that's in jail about it now because if, if you legalize this, then, it, then, the, then the jail doors need to open. And, and um, D, I, I'm afraid when I look back and I look at the people I have known over the years who smoke marijuana on a daily basis, their judgment is questionable to me. I, I have not, I don't have one successful friend that I can point to and say that that person is successful despite the fact that he smoked marijuana every day. I don't have That's one. Bri- James, that is brilliant. That is brilliant what you just said. Because unfortunately, and due to this com- conversation, fortunately, I am an expert at this at this at this subject matter. And to elaborate on the subject, first let me go to what uh, Pastor Smith said yesterday. That our moral fabric is deteriorating right before our eyes. And that's sure. a fact. To legalize marijuana will be the worst decision mankind has ever made. One reason being because there will be nobody that utilized marijuana that can be anything that it could have been without the use of it. In essence, a person would never be what they could have been when they start using marijuana. Yes, it does open up certain channels of the brain where you are able to paint better. Your creativity seems to be stimulated more. But the sheer fact of the matter is you got to come down. And when you come down, that source of creativity depletes or deteriorate or, or, or diminish, which means that you got to find another joint. The argument is that marijuana is not addictive. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, that's a damn lie. Excuse me, I got to say that because this this is how serious this argument is. If it's not addictive, ask any person that uses to stop for a year. (laughs) That's not a long time. Just stop for a year. They can't do it. Thirdly, it has long been known that marijuana is the gateway drug to other drugs. So when you talk about legalizing marijuana, now I've already, I can already tell that that mindset has already set into place because in my deliveries on a daily basis, I go to people's houses. And a lot of times uh, the occupants of these houses are older people, grown-ups. And when they open the door to receive their packet, it reeks of marijuana. So they're already in. But I, I'm here to tell you, this is the worst decision. It's going to be like the, the decision of when the Donald Trump thing hit the fan. And we're going to ask that question. We're going to ask the question, how did we let this happen? This is going to be the same thing. How did we ever let this happen? But, again, it's all about the dollar. They would sell their soul for the dollar. And, you know, and when you come down to different grades of marijuana, it, look, I, I did smoke, I smoke marijuana forever. 
marijuana led me to my to my other drug of choice. But when that when that didn't 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 have the effect no more. But you know it will it will diminish the anxiety or pain temporarily. But like like the brother Dennis just spoke of, you're in an alternate state of mind. And when reality comes back, then you're back to reality. So if you want to alter that state of mind again, what do you do? You got to file up again. So it's a it's a it's a vicious cycle that they are inviting. Man, I am appalled to even uh, fathom the 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 possibility of such. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad thing. Thank you, James. Sorry. And, when, and, there, and there's certain things that don't make common sense. When I was um. Uh, when I was in at the jail work at work when out inmate, they would also say that nobody don't rob nobody for no joint. Nobody don't rob nobody for marijuana. So marijuana doesn't impact the criminal behavior. And I'm saying the reason why that doesn't make any sense, people rob people to get something to eat. So you can't tell me that you know why a person robs somebody if a person sitting out there and want to get high, and he don't have five dollars to get high, and that and he enjoys getting high just like he enjoys eating, if he robbed to to eat, he'll rob to smoke. So I don't understand where we get this thing that people who smoke marijuana on a regular basis don't do criminal activity in order to do it. Now you may have some professionals who don't have to do it in order to, to get high. But there are always going to be people who are below the poverty level who want to get high and are going to have to do whatever it takes in order to get high. So we really have to be a little bit smarter about when we hear these arguments that just don't seem to make sense. But it does seem to me that the momentum has taken over and our governments want it because it's going to provide them more tax dollars and and our people want it because more and more people have been involved with it. Andre, what, what are your thoughts in regard to this dilemma we see to have ourselves in right now where this momentum is taking off and then we have the Trump administration uh, trying to continue to enforce uh, rules that others seem to be dropping? Well, tremendous Thursday to everyone, and um, I kind of align with uh, Sister Cheryl, and while I haven't had personal experience uh, with it, and I'm not informed enough to know what the medical benefits would be, um, I do thank uh, Brother D for sharing uh, his experience, and uh, I think it was Brother Nate, the one that served in the military, his experience, and <clears throat> Uh, because those are real-life uh, situations, and they bring up very valid uh, experiences and, and points. Uh, my concern, James and others, is not so much about the impact that it has on the individual, which I think is, is a negative impact, but I think that we are really setting up our future uh, not to reach their full, full potential, as Brother D said. Uh, you know, you are limiting your capabilities of being the very best that the Lord has created you to be. And a child don't necessarily have uh, a choice in, in their environment. So if they're in an environment in which they are uh, smelling and, and receiving that, you know, uh, a lot of times people um, 
are now talking about secondhand smoke, the negative impact of secondhand smoke. Can you imagine what it's like uh, living in a house? D said that he makes deliveries and just opening the door, you know, the smell comes out. Can you imagine if you're a child living in that environment? And I say that to say that we have a charge to keep and making sure that we are setting up our young people for success. And it's time for us to speak up and not let uh, money uh, rule over this issue. I think a couple of you have already said, in essence, the government is looking at what kind of, um, the states are looking at what kind of financial returns they would have. Well, all children's future is more important than um, dollars. So it takes us to be informed. We need to be informed, equipped, and then we need to take action. Again, make sure that we're calling and and telling our senators and our representatives, and we can provide that number again, uh, what it is that we want uh, as far as our voice being heard. And and what Andre say is so true, Reverend Smith, when, you know, one of the things that the person I am is a result of who my parents are. And I have to tell you, I, every day I see things, then they have both been gone for over 15 years or more, and I recognize and see things that I do that are similar to what they did. And uh, I sit here right now this moment, and I have alcohol in my home. And don't ever think about drinking it. And the only reason it's there is because if a friend comes over or somebody comes over and they may want some, that it's available. And so it is not for me because, you know, one of the things I tell people in a heartbeat is, is that if you drink alone, you're an alcoholic. And that's just my definition because I just feel like drinking is something you do when you're socializing with someone. And so that's something you all have in common. But just to be sitting around drinking a large amount of alcohol by yourself, I believe there's something wrong with that. Now, my father has always had a bar. Every house that I have known him to live in, he had a bar. And he would provide alcohol to his friends when they would come over to visit. But I have never seen him drunk. And so that has always been a thing for me is I don't like the idea of being drunk. I don't like the idea of having something consume my life to the point that I can't be in control. Like in America, we're relinquishing uh, this, the thought that it's okay uh, to go around stone, and it's okay to be high, and it's okay if this uh, alters your your thinking and allows you to get out of uh, life. But to me, what does that say about you, the kind of life that you're living, that you need to get away from it because somehow you're, you're, you're uh, disappointed? or you are uh, somehow unhappy, or, you know, what does that say about you as an individual if you need to get away from what your world is like? Well, James, all I can do is say go back to the moral issue of the whole thing again. Uh, I love all of the comments that was uh, spoken by Cheryl, Audrey, D, and the other gentleman, I can't remember his name. Uh, but at the same time, um, Cheryl, I've been to the 
St. Jude Hospital, and I've seen young kids, and I've also seen I've seen uh, cancer patients who who didn't want to take the morphine, but they took the drops of um, marijuana, uh, medical marijuana, and it eased their pains. And they were terminal patients, terminal patients. Um, There is a use for medical marijuana. There is not a use for recreational anything that's going to impair you. I'm sorry. I don't care what it is. There's nothing, nothing you can tell me that will make me believe that socially for you to walk around stone every day and what and, and uh, D said it and the other gentleman that's in the military said it, that there's no way in the world. You, we've all seen people walking around stone and smoking, you know, crazily. And it, it's not it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, they, they laugh a lot. The only time I've ever, ever gotten stoned was when we took about, I think, a thousand and plus pounds to the furnace. And we sitting there burning this stuff up because, you know, we do that after they get so much in the in the in the in the warehouse. And we burn that stuff and that smoke just coming from the furnace made me hide. I went to laughing and acting just as foolish, and my partner did too. And it makes you stupid. It makes you really stupid as far as I'm concerned. And who wants to walk around acting and feeling that way? And it makes you hungry. It makes you really hungry for sweets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I'm watching people, and I've watched so many people do it, and it is, it's, we've got to come to, Audrey said it right, we've got to get someone. That was one of the things that I disliked or uh, 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 held against Obama when he okayed it and he told them not to actually prosecute the states who were becoming marijuana, medical marijuana holders. He did that. He did that in 19, I mean, 2013. But I'm, you know, and and, and 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 he also did this other thing with the LBGT, and I didn't like that. That's another thing I didn't like, because, again, we're knocking down our moral fibers of what we're all about. And the yeah. sad part about all this is what every one of you said. Every one of you said, what the heck are you going to do with all those young men? That you got locked up What you've got locked up In the prison for And even I locked some of them up myself What are you going to do with those guys Are you going to let them out of prison Greed has taken over now That's why it's like that The same thing happened with prohibition Greed took over with the liquor And so now greed Is taking over with marijuana And it's happening and, And we don't care anymore It's just Whatever money it was, will, whatever we can get from the dollar bill, that's what we will accept because everything is okay now. Even even taking it's a disease. Everything is a disease, or we got a name for everything, and it's not bad. It's good. They sick. They don't have a problem. Whatever. But to me, it's a choice. It's a choice that you make. 
You make that choice. And I thank God that I never made that choice and I never will. But I'm praying to God that my two sons did. My two sons did. They was on crack until I stopped getting them out of jail. And then one day they made up their mind. They wanted their daddy back. So I told him, I'm through with you. I'm finished. I'm not getting you out of jail anymore and don't come back to my house. They stopped. And don't tell me it won't work. Tough love works sometimes. Yeah. Tough love. If you up there always running behind those kids and, and all this kind of stuff, and I'm on, on my baby, my, they see you like, they're going to use every bit of that on you. And that's what marijuana is going to do to all these children out here who can walk down the street. Look at the lines. Look at the lines I saw on television in California. People out there, man was out there, people out there 8, 9, and 10 o'clock in the morning. Lines blocked miles long. Cheryl, let me me ask you, Cheryl, when we're in a situation where we talk about young people's minds not being fully developed or uh, when they're 17, 18, and 19, but yet we're going to know that if we legalize marijuana for people of age 21 and older, that those people under 21 are going to get that marijuana and be smoking it too. And I have to be honest with you, when I was in high school, I didn't smoke marijuana because my parents, didn't smoke at all, cigarettes or anything, and I knew that wouldn't be acceptable, and it was illegal. Now, had marijuana smoking been legal when I was in college, I might have tried it, but I continued not using it or not trying it because I always fell back on it was illegal. And another thing was I was a math major. I was a reasonable, logical thinking and when my friends would come to me and say, okay, look, hey, man, when you, you when you smoke marijuana, you know, come on and smoke with us, Deshae. Come on and let's, let's you know, hit it. And I say to them, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to take my last $10 and go buy some marijuana. And then after I smoke this marijuana with y'all, I'm going to want to be hungry. Why don't I just go to hungry? Because I'm already hungry. So why should I worry about smoking? If the end result is I'm going to be hungry, I'm already there. Let's go get us a pizza. That's right. Why am I going to waste the $10 on marijuana that I can spend on a pizza? That's all we had was enough to get something to eat. You know, so Cheryl, what are we doing to our young people when we're allowing, uh, you know, letting this loose like this? We're destroying them. Because um, my um, my sister, my oldest sister, who is deceased right now, she started using marijuana. But then marijuana just didn't do whatever it is that she was looking for it to do. And as a result of that, she went to even harder drugs. You know, and not only that, my ex-husband, the same thing. He started using at a very young age. And the same thing. He started with marijuana. You know, just recreational. But that didn't do it. So then he went to something harder. 
and he wound up being on crack cocaine. You know, fortunately for him, he went into a rehab facility for two years. It took him for two years because he's gone, you know, he went in and out, in and out. And today, I still don't think he got it all upstairs. Now, I mean, he's holding down a job. You know, he you know, he's, he has a very successful life now. But, you know, when you know a person from way young, before they started this, and then you know them years later, it affects. So I've seen the effects that, you know, even marijuana running behind it, meaning that they're looking for something that they can't get from it, but they're steady chasing it. And after a while, it leads to something even harder. So that's why I say that I've seen what marijuana did, because as a result of it, my um, my nephews, my sister's um, boys, they started using marijuana at a very young age. And, I mean, it has their thinking just, I mean, all whacked. So when mm-hmm. I say personally, I've seen I've seen just with the marijuana what it would do to you. You know, and we think about it, you know, when we take medications, we hear about all the side effects and we see the commercials. And by the time they announce and tell you all the side effects, when that that (laughs) commercial is finished, what's the first thing everybody says? Oh, I'll never take that. Well, marijuana Mm -hmm. has side effects as well. You know, we can't Mm -hmm. say that it doesn't because it really does. Now, like I said before, and Pastor Smith said, you know, he's seen what it's done to um, cancer patients. But cancer patients are not the ones that at St. Jude that's going to get up after taking marijuana and go get behind a wheel. They're not going to take and go to work. You know, they're using it for medical reasons. And like I said, I'm not personally aware of it. I'm just going by, you know, what he said. And if he said that, you know, then I believe it. But I can't see that nobody is going to get up and start doing things that's going to affect another person's life. When you do something and it only affects your life, it's different. But when you do something and it starts to affect other people's lives, that means now I got to go to work. Now I got to Mm. drive machinery at work. Now I have to be responsible for, you know, working on things. That start, that affects someone else's life. And I'm not okay with you being impaired and you doing something that's going to affect my life. You know, I, mm-hmm. why, why do I not have a choice in that? So, I mean, we should, but it's that we don't. It's, it's here. And it's all because of the money. Uh, uh, Nate, let me ask you, you know, we sit here and we talk about uh, how do we, after we relinquish our control and allow there to be recreational uh, marijuana smoking, how do we then control the professionals that we need to them to be on top of their game? We already have police officers shooting unarmed people, making bad choices. Uh, do we now have to worry about the doctors and the surgery or the uh, uh, the airline pilot uh, 
being high in the cockpit. Uh, where, where did this end up? Well, you know, the first thing I want to take it back on for um, um, what we just said. So, for, first of all, we got to make this fight a personal fight. And, like, and um, everybody has a story. Um, like I said, I've done three years in the military. But one thing the military did not train me for was how to be a better dad. Because I have a son right now that's right there in Daytona that's on drugs. And it's funny, though, because he started out on weed. And he smoked, he got a hold of some bad weed that laced with other stuff. Now he's, he, he, he's uh, paranoid schizophrenia. And since he was doing, been smoking the weed, now he's on other drugs, he's in and out of jail. So the first thing we got to do is make this a personal fight and stop letting the standard be low and raise the standard and 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 not just make this a personal fight, but make it the individual fight because the thing about it is is that I'm a father. And I agree with uh, what the gentleman said about tough love. Now, I'm not saying that I'm scared on a nightly basis that I'm going to get that phone call saying my son is dead. You know, and I prepare myself for that. But at the same time, my son is grown, and he has to make his own decision. Now, I'm there for him. I see him. I talk to him. I educate him on it. I even went and got a guy who used to be a crackhead to talk to my son. So we got to fight at the lowest level, you know, because cause the thing, cause we, cause we try to start at the top first, we're never going to win. So we got to start at the bottom of the mountain, then climb the mountain. Because cause, cause at the end of the day, nobody wants to hold nobody accountable. And that's the key word here is accountability. The more fabric is being ruined because nobody wants to say nothing. Everybody wants to want, just want to walk on eggshells around certain things. I drove, when I got out of the Army, I drove tractor trailers for a year and a half. You don't want me smoking a weed driving an 80,000-pound missile. You don't, you, you don't need me doing that. You know, so nobody wants to talk about these things. Everybody wants to be hush hush, and then what we have to do is make more noise about it. Just like seeing somebody get offended about something, what they do, they get on Facebook. It's funny how Facebook is a whole media outlet for stupidity. Seeing somebody do something that somebody don't like and it's real stupid, somebody got a voice. But when it comes to things like this here, nobody wants to say something. We have to get on on a radio show like this here with the bare minimum people for them to say something. But let stupidity happen, somebody want to comment on that one. Somebody want to laugh at this. Somebody want to laugh at this. At the end of the day is that what we do here now is shaping what we need to do tomorrow. The foundation. We have to have accountability at the lowest level first so we can worry about the highest level. And, D, we, we, we got to understand that we got to call a spade to spade. Again, one of my experiences is with one of my friends who smoked marijuana on a regular basis, short-term memory, you can... That he he tells me the same stories over and over and over again. I mean he 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 constantly and he'll say to me and I don't even bother to stop him because I just know he don't remember. He don't told me that story, and so you can't help but know that that has to impact his life on a regular basis, where he don't remember what bills he paid, what bills he hadn't paid, or he's struggling to find a career. Uh, you know we have to be real about what. Well, you know, I think Brother Nate uh, made a good point. You know, uh, people in the in the recovery business, 
the people that that run recovery centers, they're addicts themselves. They are people that have gone through the turmoil of marijuana use, drug usage, and were and was able to kick the habit. Uh, and they have a passion to try to help other people to kick the habit. When this conversation come into play, I know they're shaking in their boots because nobody uh, in their right mind that's, that, that is pro-marijuana uh, legalization has talked to anybody that really knows the subject matter. They, 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 they will avoid that. The, 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 sheer, the conversation is, here you go. It is known by people in the clinical uh, uh, recovery spectrum that a person is as old as they are emotionally. They are. They are. They have the maturity emotionally at the same time that they start using marijuana and drinking. Say for instance, if I if I start drinking, if I start using marijuana at age uh, seventeen, then emotionally, I'm that same age as a grown person because usually a person uses marijuana and and alcohol to dampen or to dampen the pain that they are suffering emotionally. So, you know, uh, Miss Audrey made a great point. Also, look. When it comes down to corporations and factories and 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 people that depend on workers to do a, a good job and and to stay clean, who gonna pass the urine test now? You can't find workers to come in and do the work because now everybody are high legally. So mm-hmm. these factories, what are they gonna do? They 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 can't they can't manufacture these items themselves. Who who gonna do the work? So we don't, you know, again, this is the worst idea that I have ever heard. And for for the Trump administration to have some kind of sense about themselves, and you know they don't have a lot of sense, but to still want to hold this in a criminal uh, capacity, of when it comes down to infractions of using such such a drug, I think it's a great idea. Because, again, you got to understand, the gateway possibilities of young people using this drug, look, everybody can't, do, everybody can't dance this dance. When you got young people that that, are, that that use this drug, and a lot of them are female, you don't want to play that. You don't want to play that role. You don't want to play with that because when when the teenage boyfriend don't have the money to continue to high, the thirty five year old man does. So they got to play the tape all the way through. It's gonna be a it, it it could be an ugly situation. Thank you. And Andre, let me go to you. When again, one of the things I said when. These young men tell me, just like D just mentioned, if a young man ain't got enough money uh, to get him and his woman high, and she wants to get high, she's either going to go to somebody who's economically able to get her high, or she's going to encourage him to do something to get the money to get high. Or he's going to encourage her to do something to get the money to get high. So how we how can we say uh, that there's not a criminal element Involved with marijuana smoking, they're saying if we legalize it, the criminal criminal element will go away. How can you make that statement? I don't think that's the truth because I do see um, crime increasing for a number of reasons. And uh, believe you me, people <clears throat> are using drugs now, and um, they're getting to to it 
by any means necessary or whatever the case may be. But if we make it more readily available and more accessible, um, you know, we have to look at the environment in which this country is in right now. We're in an environment where people have felt suppressed as far as expressing their views of uh, how they uh, see certain races and certain ethnic groups. And over the last year and a month, uh, they have been released, if you would, and just going buck wild, if you would, with, with some of their thoughts. Now, you add the component of uh, altered mindsets and um, the ability to uh, not only function but to think rationally. Uh, we're going to find ourselves in some very uh, bad scenarios because people will take actions and not worry about the consequences that go with them. And uh, like you said, James, from your experience, <clears throat> uh, what kept you from trying it was because you tried to toe the line of staying legal. You know, it's just like if somebody want to break into your house, if they really want to get in, they're going to, they will get in. But as a homeowner, you're going to put some layers in place to make it difficult to, for them such that every time they make a step or whatever, one layer is coming down. They still have an opportunity to back off of it. Uh, I say that to say that uh, once we see a lot of these people that's on drugs and, and not being um, regulated uh, both legally and medically, uh, it, it definitely will have a negative impact on, on our, our environment, our culture, our society. And, again, my key function is and my key concern is our children, our future because they're going to be the ones that to make decisions for us, and they're not going to be in a mindset in which they can make the very best decision, and that's unfortunate. All right, we're going to go to break and come back and continue our conversation. My heart is filled with joy that can't be described your presence has driven my passion to a place I am unable to return. Now my life is filled with the happiness of our days to come. I now seek to recreate the love you have given me so that you will know the unlimited source of joy you have provided in my spirit. My days and nights will be spent trying to insert the same love into your heart. No longer will my days be used to capture that which I already have in you. My life now is focused on showing my gratitude to those who helped to create your wonderful spirit for me. I am the true recipient of the magic within you. The harmony that exists in us will be an example for others to emulate. The enchantment that is in us will be displayed in every step we take. Our journey will be one of pure and perfect love. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. I am this woman. 
I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman.
I'm a lady, so I must stay classy. Gotta keep it high, keep it together if I want to get better. Let them be reminded of the great things that the Lord has created in them and 
their destiny is, is just have unlimited possibilities. But we want them to be in a very uh, best position to have those um, promises fulfilled. I just don't uh, am bewildered about the fact that it came up today that we don't know the kind of potential that is being lost uh, by people every day as they smoke this marijuana on a daily basis. Are we losing our innovative people? Are we losing our uh, people who can cure cancer? Uh, our people who are going to uh, discover new uh, inventions that are going to make the world a better place. So, Cheryl, we, we have a lot to lose by just allowing ourselves to go around being doped up all the time. We definitely do. We most certainly do because, you know, we can't think as great as we would normally think. We can't act normally would without um, the substance of using marijuana. So, yeah, we're going to lose a lot of greatness. We're going to have a lot of bad, more bad decisions being made because of this being legal, because of the minds being impaired and the decisions being made. And, Andre, we're putting a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure on corporate America when we have people out there doing dangerous things, but we've socially allowed them uh, to participate in, in, in activities that might make them a, a, a caution or a, um, a threat to public safety. Absolutely. It would mean increased uh, random drug tests for sure. Because um, once it's legalized, you know, we all have accountabilities and responsibilities of being positioned to be fit for duty. Uh, But if indeed we're going to have some drugs that can alter our our thought process and our ability to think, then uh, we surely can put not only ourselves as individuals into uh, a bad situation, but we can also endanger our communities. And that's not good. All right. Uh, I wish I would have been able to. A lot of people got kicked off, and I would have enjoyed hearing their last words. But let's just always remember that on this show, your thoughts and opinions are important. And we want everyone to know that they have the opportunity to have their last word on thoughts, love, and reflection. See you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time so your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away. That super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby. 
Could have made 